What is going on, Breakthrough Success listeners? Mark Verde here. In this episode, we're going to talk about how to stay well-rested. As business owners, side hustlers, we are super busy making a lot of things happen, pursuing our goals, but that can lead to a lot of burnout if we are not careful. Getting adequate rest allows us to wake up each day feeling energetic and feeling in control as we pursue our ambitions. So we're gonna focus on how do we stay well rested and some strategies we can use to get more optimal rest. Our guest who joins us in this episode, she is a board certified internal medicine physician, speaker, and award-winning author. She helps people discover their personal rest deficits through her free assessments at restquiz.com. Over 250,000 people have completed this quiz to date to discover how to get better rest. If you want to complete that assessment, we will have in the show notes. So definitely make sure you check it out after this episode. Now, our guest who joins us today is none other than Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. Sandra, welcome to the show. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me. Sandra, thank you so much for coming on Breakthrough Success. Rest is something that I don't think enough people take seriously. And when people start to take it seriously, I think it's usually because they've had the burnout, they feel tired, and they see that their productivity is declining. So what advice do you have for people just to take rest more seriously before they hit that major roadblock. You don't want that to be the reason you start. Absolutely. I think what you really have to start with is an understanding that rest is not the thing you do after you're done working. It's actually the thing you do so that you can be more productive in the work that you do. It helps you actually to be more energized, more creative, more innovative. And so for most of us who are trying to move forward in our careers and have different breakthroughs and successes, you're wanting to be more creative, more innovative at the top of your game. And that's going to require you to be the most well-rested version of yourself, not the burned out version who's really just functioning off the, the fumes. And when we hear about rest, a lot of people think, how many hours? I think a lot of us go to hours of sleep. And um, obviously studies are going to say different things, but I feel like the general consensus is something in the neighborhood of seven to eight hours of sleep. Do you believe in a certain number of hours of sleep or a way of resting? What's your approach on that? Yeah, well, I start with this. Sleep and rest are simply not the same thing. And I think that's the first misconception that most people have to differentiate Sleep is a type of rest, but it's not all-consuming. And so when we're looking at types of rest, my research specifically has shown that there are seven different types. So sleep is a type of physical rest. However, many of us probably have gotten six, seven, eight, maybe even nine hours of sleep only to wake up the next morning still exhausted. So sleep is not the end all of the process. Those other types of rest are often what we're missing. Those are the places where we have the rest deficits. So those seven include things like the physical, which includes sleeping, as well as the mental, spiritual, emotional, social, sensory, and creative types of rest. And so we have to, rather than looking at specific numbers of hours of sleep, how well are we resting our bodies so that we can get higher quality, better sleep? 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of people do, like sleep is definitely an important part of rest, but I think mm-hmm. a lot of people view that as the end all be all. I got my seven to eight hours, I should feel great and that's the best I can do. I would love to go into the mental element of rest because it feels like a lot of thoughts can um, accumulate that lead to stress, overwhelm, and decrease productivity. What are some of the ways we can give our minds a rest so that they're not constantly on 24-7? Yes, and for high achievers, high producers, that is a main one that they tend to have difficulty with is with mental rest deficits. And if you're someone who has a mental rest deficit, some of the things you may experience are you try to go to sleep at night and you're thinking all the thoughts and you're, you know, you're running through conversations that day and you're running through your to-do list. And the problem with that is, is when you're ruminating over information at nighttime, it actually tells the brain that that information is too important to release. And you'll hold on to that information in your head, even at the expense of you going into some of those deeper levels of non-REM sleep. So some of the simple tactics, uh, particularly at bedtime that you could do to try to improve that is just having a a notepad or something at your bedside, a post-it note, really doesn't matter what it is, just something to jot down those thoughts. We call it a brain dump, but by brain dumping that thought onto something concrete, you actually give your brain permission to release the information, and then you're able to go into those deeper levels of sleep. This is also where mindfulness practices can be helpful if you're at work. And you find that, or even on vacation, you're trying to get a day away, but you're thinking about your inbox or you're thinking about all these other things and not actually being present and enjoying your life. That's where also some of these mindfulness techniques can be helpful to help you learn how to clear your brain. And then the final thing I would say is this. Some people actually have to physically move their body to help their mental rest occur. For example, if you're a runner, You may find that when you're physically running or jogging or whatever, that it seems like it clears your head. Well, what happens in that time is during the run, you're focusing your thoughts specifically on your cadence and your breathing, which are mindfulness type techniques. You're focusing your attention on something very specific and in those moments, clearing your thought of the other activities. And so you have to, it's different for every person. You have to figure out kind of what fits your personality. But usually one of those three will help most people start improving their mental rest. I am a big runner, so I'm very happy to use that analogy. And I mean, running is like you're in any exercise. You're physically exhausted at the end of it, depending on the intensity, but it gives your mind rest. So while your physical is like uh, you're you're using a lot of physical energy, your mind is kind of given a chance to relax a little bit. and uh, Sandra mentioned something really important as well with the brain dump. That's something a lot of authors do when they're coming up with their books. It's just a way to speed up the process. But writing the thoughts down, it takes them out of your head. Like there's this idea of like, try not to think of a polar bear. And now you're going to think of a polar bear now. So it's like if you're in bed and you're trying to suppress the thoughts that are like, I got to do this tomorrow and this tomorrow, trying to suppress a thought just makes it bigger. So being able to write it down, as Sandra mentions, is a really great strategy to just be able to sleep instead of have this thought roaming around in your head rent-free when you could just write it in a notepad. 
Absolutely. And, you know, I think one of the things many people, when they, when they hear about that disassociation between exactly what you said, we think of running as, oh, that, how can that possibly be rest? That's the thing. You have to actually pull it apart. Physically, it's not rest. Physically, it's work. But if you're someone who sits at a desk office all day, your physical body probably is not getting overused. It's your brain that's getting overused. And that's where you're actually more prone to experience the rest deficit. Excellent example. I mean, just to further build on that concept, I would like to go into the emotional rest as well. Now, Dr. Sandra, I know that she talks about all the seven stages of rest. So definitely make sure you check out her resources. We'll link to those in the show notes, talk a little bit about them towards the end. But the emotional rest, I want to go into that one also, because there are a lot of things that we can control, but there are also certain things that we don't have as much control over. And some of those situations and things we have less control over can lead to emotional stress. And that can obviously impact every area of our lives. Uh, what is your uh, approach for emotional rest? What are some uh, approaches we can use? Yeah, with the emotional rest, you really want to make sure that there are people in your life that you have opportunities to be very real, vulnerable, and authentic with. A lot of the emotional strain that we have is because we carry the emotional labor of owning all of those feelings without having a release. So you feel all the things, but there's never a time where you feel like it's safe or appropriate to release them and share them with someone. So you get to choose who your emotional rest people are. You know, it could be a therapist, a counselor, it could be a trusted friend, it could be a spouse. You get to choose who that person is. I mean, it could even be a journal if we're being honest, because the process is in the release. It's in you not feeling like you have to carry it all yourself. And a lot of people, particularly entrepreneurs who are, you're, you're running the business and all that comes with that. So all the labor issues, all the financial issues, all the tax issues, all the issues you have filtered through you, you can keep in mind that although most of us don't want to trauma dump, so to speak, on our families and people we love, trauma dumping is not the same as emotional rest. Trauma dumping is giving them all the specifics. So you're telling them everything that went wrong. You're giving them all the details. You're trying to bring them into the story, almost like a movie. That is not emotional rest. Emotional rest is when you're actually sharing what all of that did emotionally inside of you. How did it make you feel? Because that's when that healing comes, when you feel the liberty and the, the freedom to really share your own feelings and emotions. I love that analysis. I mean, just, it's good to have someone to vent to from time to time, but just talking about what happened instead of doing a deeper soul search to see like how that made you feel and how you can rise above it. I think it's more valuable to do that deeper soul search. I mean, there's this root cause idea where um, you have like someone feels a certain way about themselves or about pursuing goals. And they hit this roadblock. There's some type of root cause. And a lot of this is sometimes something that happened to someone when they were younger, uh, some event that you don't think about as much, but, really had an impact on you then like being able to dig deeper into it uh how things came to be as they are versus just verbatim what's happening to you right now uh it's a it's not just about uh complaining and uh but do sometimes need to have that vent uh it's just 
how do you address the situation in front of you and figure out your emotional status? One of the things I do want to uh, jump into is with the business owner or side hustler who's got multiple jobs, they don't have as much time to do this type of soul searching. And you might have someone listening to this in the middle of their commute or in the middle of their exercise or something like that because they don't have as much time in their day to just put the pause button on for a few hours. Not like a sabbatical, but even for a few hours. How would you suggest someone find some time to carve out to address their rest across the seven areas instead of just thinking a seven to eight hour sleep is going to be good enough? Yeah, great question. Because I feel like for most of us, that's the reality. We don't have these huge blocks of time to carve out. And so I believe that these restorative strategies actually have to be incorporated in the middle of our busy day. I usually have my clients look at specific anchor activities that they can pair a restorative process with. For example, if you're someone who, let's say every evening you, you know, take a, you have a glass of wine with your spouse, you know, that maybe that's just your time, the two of you kind of get together. And so you're going to sit down together and have this glass of wine. Maybe instead of just talking about whatever's happening on the TV, you use those five minutes to actually have a little bit of emotional rest where you share a little bit about your day or you share a little bit about their day because both of you are likely needing some of that social rest, which is just the rest we experience around people who we love and who we know love us and the ability to be able to share truthfully how your day is going. You know, I think too often we asked our spouses, how's your day? And we really just, you know, we're just getting the question out there, but we're not really taking the time to listen and giving them the room for that emotional rest to occur. And I do want to go into something else as well, because you're talking about you're having conversations with loved ones and you're willing to share the emotional side. How do we learn to, I wouldn't say become vulnerable to everybody. Uh, because there are some people who like you have different degrees of relationships with different people, but for the people who you are really close with, how do we learn to get more vulnerable and let them know what's going on so that we're able to have that full rest and that can help us with our productivity versus the scenario where you just keep everything bottled up and it affects your business, your relationships and every other part of your life. Yeah, that's a great point because you're right. You don't want to be vulnerable with everybody. Everybody hasn't earned the right to kind of have that depth of connection with you. And so it's really about evaluating relationships and seeing which relationships you feel like have gotten to that level. And like I said, for some people, they start off with writing those emotional journeys, just a couple of notes in their journal. You know, some people, I've had some clients who are like, I don't journal, but they'll do it on their phone. They'll just kind of speak it into their phone. So there's no therapist. There's no one analyzing it on the other side. It's just being able to say, I'm depressed today, or I'm sad about this, or I'm upset about that, or this person ticked me off, or whatever it is, just having the ability to get it out. And I think there is a level of practice that has to occur. It doesn't feel natural or comfortable, I think, for any of us to be vulnerable. But the more you practice this in small doses, the easier it becomes. I love the, just practicing it little by little. You don't have to go into the whole life story right away. 
you can just share the one little thing that's bothering you right now, or maybe something that's been bothering you for a few weeks. You don't have to go into the deep core stuff right away because it's a major leap for some people to even admit that something's wrong. A lot of people, they want to just have this perfect persona up and not let any of that out. Now, we have talked about three of the seven different types of rest. We've talked about physical, mental, and emotional. Sandra, I know you have a bunch of resources available that dives into all seven of the types of rest and more insights we can use to optimize our productivity. So I'm wondering if you could share with us some of those resources and all the places we can find your work. Yeah, so my, the, all of the types of rest are described in my book, Sacred Rest, Recover Your Life, Renew Your Energy, Restore Your Sanity. And for each of the seven types of rest, the physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, social, sensory, creative, for each one of those, we go through the science related to them. We go through some different tips on how to get more rest in each area. And if you're wondering, like, which one am I most efficient in? We have a free resource at restquiz.com. You get exactly one email. It's not a list bill. It's actually one email <laughs> oh, that wow. you get That's that shows you what types of rest. You can imagine after a quarter million, our email list is We've got a lot of emails already. So <laughs> it's now just a service. We just love people being able to identify their personal rest deficits so that they're able to know where to begin on this journey, that they're able to understand this is where I need to start in improving my own restorative practices. Breakthrough Success listeners, make sure you take that rest assessment. It is one thing to hear general advice that applies to everybody it is another thing to actually take an assessment, see where you personally stand, and that is going to help you take actions specific towards your rest deficits and what you can do to have a more optimal rest. We will have that link in the show notes. We'll have the book in the show notes for everybody who's looking to grab an extra book. Dr. Sandra, thank you so much for joining us on Breakthrough Success. It was a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you.